Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? Welcome everybody here to the Lakers Lounge. Uh, not a live edition here, but for good reason. The guest that I have on today is, is well, we're recording super early and nobody would be watching live. So that's one thing. Um, and the other thing too is he's a recluse. Pete is a recluse. He does not like anybody <laughs> to see his face. And uh, so when this goes up on on uh, face, on YouTube, we I will be talking to Chick Hearn, which is, you know, similar-ish, I would, I would say. Uh, but hey. Pete... Thank you, as always, to uh, for coming on. Um, that is about as high a compliment as I can as I can give. Is like talking. I know, to man. You you're coming in hot, like you know. <laughs> well, I just called first, you a recluse, man. so I had to balance yeah. it out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that was a just an emotional roller coaster, just as it's always been recording with you, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> but but Pete is here uh obviously he does work with the lakers he does, he has the laker film room podcast and and all of that great great stuff um he and i used to do a lot of great stuff back in the day too um so i love being able to to talk to you here again like um we've had to wait uh we've had to put off our monthly talk until some of these moves were made official and now that the lakers roster is basically finalized right we're still waiting for um, a T to cross and an I to dot here and there. But I actually think we're able to talk about Russell, right? Because he was a Laker last. Sure. That, yeah. Uh, so the, the the Lakers roster is set. Folks on Twitter are pissed at me because of, you know, who I am um, and, and the, way that, <laughs> the way that I I'm do this I'm glad nothing's stuff. changed. It, it never will. It never, yeah. ever, ever will. Uh, and, I, and I was thinking about it today uh, about why people are annoyed with my response to this team. And I've said all along that it's a good off season, right? I would say it's a, a fine to good off season. It's not great. They didn't like land Giannis or anything. Um, and, and I was thinking about like why that isn't necessarily like enough for lack of a better term. And it's because I think this is the first like logical off season that we've had in a little while. And I think everybody are just like, this is all we've been asking for. Sure. Don't you dare say anything less than that is all we've been asking for because right two years ago, Lakers trade for Russ, uh, and and we obviously know how that goes. The following year, they don't trade Russ and they go into the last season with yep. thirty seven people six two and under. Couldn't ride roller coasters at Six Flags, <laughs> and then um, and then this year though, they swap out Dennis Schroeder for Gabe Vincent and. Um, a very logical move. I love Vincent's fit with this with this group. They add a wing in Torian Prince with the biannual exception. Can never have enough wings, in my opinion. Um, the only thing we're still waiting for, I think the only major hole that we're still waiting to address, I think, is backup center. 
um, because I don't think Jackson Hayes is quite enough. But for the most part, very logical, sensible offseason that is all Lakers fans, I think, have been hoping for. All they've been asking for is just like, don't put us on a roller coaster, please. Yeah. Just just, just give us like a nice, fine offseason. How would you define it, though? I, I think you're spot on with that. And that's why I'm like, this is all well and good. These are all the moves we needed to make i think we can get into you know some of the details of them one by one but i agree with your uh characterization of gabe vincent and of torian prince right i think vincent replaces dennis prince replaces troy brown jr these mm -hmm. are good solid moves right but we're trying to win a championship right and yeah. so one of the things that's been interesting about our last two off seasons this one included is they haven't really been the main event of transactions right like yeah like you said last season we didn't make the move which as uh as we saw was probably the correct move because that probably is when it would have taken extra compensation to move off of russ probably and yeah. so so the right move is to be like all right we got to hold on tight <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. get to the deadline get to the point where it does make sense for a team to trade for an expiring contract it was a roller coaster and we did not have a balanced roster to start the season. Um, and so, yeah, going into this next season with like, this team makes sense. I've seen it make sense. I've seen them be good. Yeah. There's also like just a pure emotional part of being a fan. That's like, I like this guy and I want to root for him. And so seeing, yeah. seeing, seeing Rui and Austin come back and sign three and four year, year deals, which we haven't given out a lot of those over the last few years. Right. Mm -hmm. Like in terms of longer contracts. Yep. It's just nice, right? It's like, I man, sign me up for the next three years. I can buy his jersey. Yeah. I can confidently yeah. buy that guy's jersey. Right, right. Yeah. And it's like, I'm going to have fun cheering for him. That said, if you are on the Los Angeles Lakers and you make between 10 and $20 million a year, you will be in every trade rumor for the next three plus years, yeah. right? Like, mm -hmm. just to make the salary work, there's going to always be the, yeah, you might like Austin Reeves, but do you like him as much as his shiny new point guard? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. you know what I mean? Like, that's the type of thing that is going to be a part of it, and that just comes with being a Laker. But I, I agree with your characterization of it, Anthony. I think that it was a good, sensible offseason, but a lot of work ahead. Yeah, I've called it a leadoff double. You know, it's, hey, it's a... Let's go. It's, yeah. it's, you got a runner in scoring position... Don't strike out three times and you get you score a run. Just that's a, you know that's like, good. I like that. At the very least, move over the runner if you're going to come in and out. You know if you're not going to get on base, uh, a, a walk is also fine. You know, just be solid. Get that runner in and 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 draw first blood. Um, I I you know and again we'll talk about like specifics here in a bit. But like I want to stay macro here, and uh, you mentioned like the Lakers focuses championships right and mm -hmm. you mentioned how like if you're in that teens range that's a movable contract and 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 that is you know we're always going to be seeing guys names at the top of like fanspo right where they have the yep. trade machine and they list how many guys you just like you're always deal. you're always going to be there i don't think that's necessarily unique to the lakers right and and um i think it's just louder it's just loud. It if you're oh, in that sure. with the Lakers, it's just a whole different thing. Yeah, I, but I guess I guess like with the way that the CBA is set up, um, there are like I think essentially all rosters moving forward, and you're going to have outliers, right? The, the Suns are an outlier, but I think all rosters moving forward are going to have a couple stars, some role players in the teens, and then a bunch of young people on on rookie scale contracts, and I think that's where the union kind of 
had an oversight as far as like, I think they've really kind of priced out role players being solid where you're going to maybe sign that deal. And then you're just going to be traded a whole bunch because mm -hmm. there's, you know, there's going to be a whole bunch of people at your, at your number. Um, but I, I, I do think though, like for the way that this roster is put together, if you're going to have a couple guys in that teen range, I like the idea of them having upside so that they can actually outperform that teen range contract. Whereas, you know, you'll see some guys who have older players in that in that teen range number, um, who maybe m might be more stable. But if everybody is going to be built the same, give me the upside. If if every if everybody is going to be built the same way, give me guys like Reeves and give me guys like Rui who can exceed. Like Reeves' contract is going to be yeah that's obscene in 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 like a year. He's making twelve million dollars next year. That's going to be a ridiculous number. Um, for, for a starting point guard, who's like an upper echelon starting point guard or guard or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I like the notion of if everybody is going to have people in that range, give me guys who can improve, give me guys who can actually exceed expectations there. No, I, that's absolutely the case. And that's why I think the biggest move of the off season is the Austin contract contract. Yeah. Right. And that like, man, just if you listen to him talk and like see how he posts and like what's important to him. And I think yeah. even the contract in a way is a statement. Like that was one of the bigger storylines going into the off season was, is Austin going to get some four year, $98 million offer from someone? Yeah. Cause he's every, every time he's gotten the chance to perform, he has. And I think that that culminated in all the way through, like all three series, even at the beginning of the Warrior series, he wasn't wasn't playing well, and he played himself into the series, right? So yeah. that's a level of guys can get kind of knocked by off. guarding Steph, <laughs> right? <laughs> and talk about a team that can, if you are mentally in a place where like you're not feeling good about your jump shot, you're not, it, mm -hmm. you know, like that's a team that's broken a lot of teams that are and a lot of guys that are in that sort of space, yeah. and so to fight through that and then play well in the Denver series as well, you know, I think that like he warranted bigger offers. Right. And I yeah. think that, a, but a lot of what he said and communicated on social media and just like the, the Laker for life post and um, Aaron Riley, his agent posted this great video that started out with Dr. Buss's voice. And like the whole video was about getting 18, right. Yeah. And winning a championship and how important that is to, to him and to them. And like, of all the things they could have posted on that front. Right. Yeah. It, like I would have been the I, whole story. The, the gif of me diving into a pool of money would have been my choice. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Like this dude is the, the, that ultimate, like, you know, came from Pine Bluffs of Arkansas. Right. It's almost this yeah. mythological, right. Undrafted free agent balls, balls out. Right. He could have like told his Drake own playing story. in the background. Right. This could have been like the culmination of like, look, I finally signed the big contract. And yeah. this is like the payoff of all of the hard work that I've done, done is the money. But yeah. that's not what he did. What he did yeah. was like, no, let's go freaking get number 18 Job's not now. Done. now. So when I saw those posts, man, from Austin, I was like, and it was just symbolic of, that's why I think that like long-term mentality and that like, let's go get 18 is like, that's what we're about now. Yeah. And we've, we've kind of like studied the waters and this off season has shown that, but now there's the work to do to go get 18. Yeah, I've always thought that Lakers exceptionalism is like this this two-sided coin, right? Um, Lakers exceptionalism on the positive side is there are exceptional expectations because you're a Laker. 
uh, and, and living up to that makes you exceptional. On the negative side is the belief that anybody who is any way connected to the Lakers is therefore exceptional. Right. right. Um, and, and, you know, I said this about Rui too. And it was funny while you were talking about Reeves, I found myself kind of smiling because it was a lot of the same stuff that I felt about Reeves or Rui. Yep. Um, and it's like Rui for years before he was a Laker wanted to be a Laker, right? Reeves now understands the, 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 commitment that is being a Laker for life or whatever. And um, it also kind of harkens back to Shannon Brown. Remember the, the, the Adam Morrison, Shannon Brown trade and Adam Morrison was like the big get. Yeah. And Shannon Brown and was the throw in. He was a throw in. And I remember they talked to Shannon and in his first interview, he was just like, I am just so fucking excited to be a Laker. I am so like he, and it was just clear. He was over the moon about wanting to be a Laker and wanting to contribute to this franchise in particular. And, and, uh, I watched that and I was like, Oh, he's somebody to watch. He's yep. like, I, I, we might, you know, that might be the starting point of something kind of interesting here. And lo and behold, the first time that we see him, he has the greatest foul in the history of fouls. Right. Was that, was that, <laughs> that Atlanta on Mario West? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Where, uh, and, and that's, you know, what, that's where the, the, the Lakers gif is born, where it's, uh-huh. it's Kobe and Lamar and everybody on the bench. Yeah. And, one of and, the iconic visuals of that era. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I just, you know, when, when all of that was happening and Shannon Brown goes on to like participate in the dunk contest and he has like meaningful moments in playoff, mo- in, in playoff series and stuff. I always just kind of thought back to that is the notion of like knowing what it means to be a Laker. Right. And it's yep. this ambiguous thing that sometimes can be a, a cliche. Sometimes it can be productive. And I think in both of these cases with Rui and with Reeves, I think it's going to be productive. I think it's something that like them understanding the, 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 the commitment is, is really important here because again, if we start with where, where we started here, I want guys to outperform those teen contracts. And if you are going to have guys on your books at those numbers and you want them to, you know, the, 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 major separating factor here is going to be either guys exceeding max contracts and or guys exceeding mid-tier contracts because everybody is going to have some a couple people in those number range and 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 it's just a matter of the math that goes into those wins and i think with this this being a factor here is 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 a really one important one to uh keep an eye on um i want to talk about vincent Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice 
the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Vincent is an interesting one. He's, um, to me, his uh, his upside or his like best the best version of Gabe Vincent is kind of your prototypical point guard playing next to elite wings, right? Yep. Um, knocks down open shots, has a nice quick release, so the teams have to care if he's open. That was the thing that was always kind of get the put the uh, gum in offense with uh, Dennis was his long kind of catapult um, wind up for a shot and then uh, gets after it defensively. Vincent does. And, and I think importantly here is able to succeed in different kinds of, or with different kinds of windows on the ball. That's, that's so important here with, with Vincent. How, How did you feel about that signing? That, that again is I think spot on that operating on different windows while on the ball that like Dennis, who I think I'm higher on Dennis than most, most are for sure. There's a reason than you are for sure. (laughs) We certainly had our, our text disagreement, but he got paid. Did he not? At least one other person thought thought he was worth the damn. Right. And so, yeah. uh, Dennis to me, like is that um, point of attack defender, that guy that can really, we were really good defense and he was the first defender that defense is often met. That means mm-hmm. something, and it, and especially in this type of defensive system where the guards have to do a lot of work, they have less help from like hedging bigs than 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 a lot of teams. And when they do get to get help, it's from the other guard like stunting over and kind of yeah. reaching a hand in on a drive. And so again, you have to do a lot of work. And so just Dennis's speed and motor, I think, is really high end and was really helpful. So I. Vincent is a good defender. I think he's a slight downgrade from yeah. Dennis. I think he's not so, as long. Yeah, right. He's not quite as like like Dennis could get over screens and he's a really good athlete um and in ways that Vincent isn't quite that level. Um but Vincent is very good at this. And so I think the discrepancy between how good Dennis is, what was it that for us versus how good Vincent will be is going to be important, but I think it's more than made up for on the offensive end in that like game four against Denver, uh, when Dennis had started that game and was starting the third quarter, a lot of those possessions kept ending in Dennis's hands and asking him to do something where that like slow yeah. catapult shot, like, Oof. no, actually, you're going to have a very tall wing closing out to you aggressively. So you don't have yeah. time to shoot that shot. Like Vincent will take and hit those shots. He's streaky, right? And so like, if you look at the percentages, it's not very striking, but he hits, he's taking very high-end, high-caliber shots, and that's why he's a 
five, you know, five times in the playoffs, 20 points plus, right? Mm-hmm. Hitting big shots in big games is because he takes these types of shots all season. It's not just the slow, let me gather my feet and have time to get it off type of shots. Well, and and he can play like the thing that always kind of uh, worried me with Dennis, and, and it was the reason I didn't really want Dennis back, was if Dennis is the second guard in a lineup, he has to be on the ball. And uh, yep. if if he is on the ball, that means Reeves isn't on the ball. That means LeBron isn't on the ball. Whereas like Gabe doesn't have to be on the ball. Mm-hmm. He will spend some time on it. Don't get me wrong. But like those lineups are going to make a lot more sense. And those possessions possessions are going to make a lot more sense. Like there was no worse feeling to me in those in, in that Denver series and just in, in games in general where you would get down to these clutch moments and be like, Man, it yeah. feels like a lot of Dennis. It yeah. feels like, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. It ends like because the defense can influence toward yeah. Dennis, right? Like the way they're guarding, he is yeah. the open guy. The ball's going to end up in his hands, and so whenever you, I felt that way in the third quarter. That's what I was the point I was making there too. Is yeah, like, but that is always going to happen in a playoff series, and so if you're guarding guys like that with Vincent out there, and the ball gets swing swing over to the corner, yeah. that's a really good shot for him. You're you're not going to guard him that way and so i think that's one of the big points about that transition from dennis to vincent is like teams will have to guard us differently yeah i also think um i agree with you it, it, you were like objectively correct in like the the differences athletically there but i think approach is interesting here with gabe versus dennis whereas like dennis would kind of get in and then back off and then kind of like you know slink his way around a screen yeah. right kind of cat-like right where he would just kind of like you know you would see his whole body contort and he would get way around the screen very fun to watch yeah it was it was wild to watch um vincent and this is where uh i think i'm really interested to see how the lakers are refereed because vincent if he is on he gets in and he stays in and it makes it really uncomfortable for point guards to try to get around the screen in the first place um, and if he's allowed to handshake, hand check here and there, and if the league kind of knocks off some of the grifting stuff it, as, as they are indicating they might with some of these flopping changes in the CBA, um, I'm really curious what that does to Vincent's defense. I, I, I do think yeah. he might be pretty good there. Yeah. That's a, uh, that like being a physical type of defender, it's funny watching his Miami highlights and the number two, it's like easy to see a little bit of Derek Fisher. Yeah. In him. He's not quite yeah. as strong, but that idea of strength being more and more important with the change. Remember, I, I used about. to love yeah. watching Fisher defend Chris Paul. Like it was, yes. it was always so fun to watch Fisher defend Chris Paul because he would just kind of, and again, back then you were allowed to be a little bit more physical and you could just, and, and Chris Paul didn't have like the, the reputation with refs that he developed over the years. So like he would try to grip and it didn't really matter. But with, uh, with, with Fisher, he would just kind of, he would get his, he would, he was really smart the way that he did it. Right. Cause the worst thing you can do defensively is stick your hand out all the way out. Right. And have somebody dribble into your hand. But if you let somebody dribble into your shoulder or if you tuck your elbow in just a little bit and they're running into your elbow, um, that's the kind of stuff that I, I really do hope. Like, I, I really thought that the the playoffs this year resembled to me like the type of basketball I really like watching. A little yeah. more physicality on the, on the perimeter, stuff like that. And if they allow some of that in, in the regular season next year, 
which we don't know, you know, this could go either way, but if they do, um, I think that positions Gabe fairly well to, to defend, especially if he's the backup guard and you don't, you weren't too worried about him fouling out. Yeah. And this plays into the, the whole idea of the Lakers sizing up to me. Yeah. Um, so much and rightfully so, I think of the conversation about the Lakers yes. getting bigger is based around the five spot. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think ultimately like do not get killed in the, minutes that Anthony Davis does not play in the playoffs is a bar to reach in terms of those 12 minutes or whatever they are. Like that's what we want to be able to do with those minutes, but that's not the only place that you can size up. Right. And Mm -hmm. so that distinction, even though I think Dennis is a better point of attack defender as a whole, that distinction you're making about, well, yeah, but Vincent is stronger and more physical. That is a way of sizing up in a way. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's not to the same degree of getting a, a big physical five but i think we did that at other positions too right to a degree and so absolutely even even like one of the as the dust settles um um parts of this offseason to me it's and along with his summer league performance it screams like oh max christie's gonna have a role on this Mm -hmm. team's rotation right and so good he does doesn't he right (laughs) And, and so going to max and like the type of big physical type of guard like he's a big two and yeah. that's different than the approach that we had we had pat bev at the three for a good part of the yeah. beginning of last and Austin season, right? at the four. Oh man <laughs> it was so like and that was why i was so defensive about russ it's like we lit the whole house on fire and we're yeah. like look at this guy right like what a jerk <laughs> and i'm like we don't have to play pat bev at the three you know i like, mean in fairness russ was often playing with matches while the house was on fire I, look look I, we we don't need to relitigate it to a great, <laughs> but we didn't have to do all that. We could have forwards yeah. on the team and Russell Westbrook on the team. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, it's nice to be in a much better place in that respect. Yeah, like you you watched last you know the 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 series against Denver, and Denver is a tough example because they're just huge. Like they are a uh-huh. huge team. Jamal's a big point guard. KCP's a big two. Um, MPJ is a huge small forward. He's like 6'9", and then you have Aaron Gordon, who's this big power forward, and you have Jokic, who's like, I think, to me, the most dominating presence in, in like physically in, in the game right now. With You just can't move him. You know, he, he, if he says, like, I want to be here, mm-hmm. you just, like, try to not let that happen, and good luck, you know. Um, but you watch the Lakers in that series, and they look like a JV team a lot of times. You yeah. know, they, they look so small, and, you know, between... So I do think Max is going to get more and more minutes. Like one thing I'm really watching for, I'm not predicting it per se, but like if D'Angelo Russell starts the year as the starting point guard, it wouldn't. And and we see enough minutes of Max Christie. I do kind of wonder if eventually we're going to start saying like, should Max be starting right. here? Mm. Should we not? I I I really like the idea of having Vincent run second units and and work as like the point guard with LeBron or the point guard with AD when one of those two guys sit. Um, But yeah, I I do kind of wonder if eventually we're going to be like, yeah, does Max make a little more sense next to Austin? He gets after it defensively, all that stuff. Um, Not right away. I've been wishing Max was like 23 years old for the sense we've gotten him. Right. Cause it's like, he's exactly the type of guy we need at that spot. It's just, you're asking like, we're looking to contend for a championship, right? You're asking a 20 year old to be a starter on a championship team. Yeah, I know. I know. However, he looked like he fit in last year. I never watched him play and thought to myself, like that guy is in over his head. And I agree. 
That's insane for a 19-year-old second-round player. That Hell yeah, is... but looking like you belong and being a starter on a championship team. Oh, dude, two huge difference. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I I do kind of think Russell winds up getting moved for somebody at that position who who okay. like makes a little more sense. But um, we'll see. We don't know. Like, like there just aren't trades anymore, which is the weirdest like role player for role player trades. We just aren't seeing very many of them anymore. Um. The next one, I, I want to talk about Torian Prince because um, a wing shooter, a career 37% shooter from three-point range, 6'8". Um, I, I thought Minnesota looked their best last year when he was on the court a lot. Um, I, I Getting him at the biannual, I thought for sure, because I think last year he actually made like 7 mil or he was in line to make 7 mil. He winds up taking a bit of a pay cut this year. I th- I thought for sure that that wouldn't be the case. I didn't, or if they were going to get him, it was going to cost like seven mil. And um, they get him for the biannual. Uh, I think he slots in really nicely as the first wing off of the bench uh, because of the flexibility and because of the the shooting and stuff. But I, um, I, I think it at, at varying points over the over the season. We're gonna we're gonna be looking at like his on off numbers and and start to wonder like if there's a way to get him more minutes because his shooting ability is not something that the Lakers really have. Rui shot well in the postseason, and I think that's why he started to make as much sense in those groups as, as he did. But with with Prince starting there, like starting as a really good shooter, um, if if his numbers hold up, which is always a big if for some reason with the Lakers, if those numbers hold up, I, I do think he's going to be one of like the the on-off darlings uh, of, of the season. Interesting. Yeah, that's something to keep an eye on. I think that it may we're around the same distance on Prince as we are on Dennis, but in the opposite direction. I like yeah. I like Prince, yeah. but see, you belong to, I, uh, Trudell is this way too. You belong to the church of the big wing. That's what I call it, right? Like mm-hmm. y'all can't have enough wings. If you had 12 nope. wings on a roster, you'd be happy. You, want me, you know what my favorite meal is? <sighs> this episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Wings. <laughs> so it isn't, I but it fits the joke. <laughs> I think I think basketball is more diverse than that. Anyhow, okay. this is one of the places where that where we disagree. Right. And it, so for one, I think, I think Prince will be a good jump shooter. Mm-hmm. I think what prevents him not prevents, but I think what makes it less likely for him to be an on off type of darling is that I think he's strictly a three. And the reason that I think he's strictly a three is because he's a really bad rebounder. Yeah. And so that's something when I look across the course of uh, the, the whole roster, I don't love our rebounding right now. And that's why the type of big to me, like if that one last slot is like, I think that needs to be more fit than any other guy that we signed in that, like that it needs to address that rebounding and physicality screen setting. Cause Hayes isn't a great screen setter. Yeah. Right. And, and so just, I think that's a weakness a that goon. we have. Yeah, exactly. That type of big, I think that we could use a goon. And so 
Prince being a really bad rebounder for his size is something that I think keeps him at the three, especially on a team that's going to have LeBron and Vando and Rui. That said, his jump shooting, I think he's, you know, I've been uh, burned before, but I think he's going to buck the trend of jump shooters that come here because he's a very, he's a professional jump shooter in a, like he hits the type of shots that LeBron and AD will create and Mm -hmm. that, like teams have been defending us a certain way really since the 1920 season, even in the year that we won a championship where our overall jump shooting was not high caliber, like good enough as a team to really make teams guard us differently. And so I think like the Vincent and Prince additions, especially, and even Hayes provides a degree of vertical spacing that's going to matter in, in this respect that I just think the spacing on this team is the best it's been in years. Yeah. I, I mean, low bar. Uh, but yeah, I, I think, (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah, but, but I I think, uh, the thing that I, I, that you're, you're absolutely right in pointing out the type of shots that Prince is bringing to the table. And, and so like one thing that I've been really focusing on this off season and eventually I'm going to write about it for Substack is like, why do shooters come to the Lakers and die? Like what is going on there? Right. Mm. Um, there's some, like, there's some funny stuff like league wide, uh, people like people playing in, in, uh, crypto for some reason, um, like league wide numbers, like Steph, for some reason, do, doesn't shoot very well mm-hmm. in that building. And I think some of it is actually the lighting, like the Lakers I do agree. something a little different with their lighting. They do the boxing ring thing where everything yep. is dark behind the basket. And that's yep. very different from everywhere else. So I think that takes some getting used to, but that would like, that wouldn't necessarily explain why all like Lakers actually shoot differently there too. Like, you would think there would be a home court advantage um, rather than like it just messing with everybody. But I think like what you're talking about is an, is, is an important distinction in that like the types of threes that the Lakers created up until last season, I think the shot type got, got better last season. But like under Frank Vogel, if the Lakers shot three, it was like above the break stuff. Yeah. It was out of rhythm stuff. It was like, LeBron shooting off of the dribble, you know, and, and, and him needing to, because teams were going under screens so often. So like, I think some of it is shot diet. Some of it is like hilariously ambiance, but, but I think with Prince, his shot diet fits into exactly the kind of shot that the Lakers need to be shooting more of and teams and that teams need to give the Lakers like that. It's, it's really important here to like, to, to notice that like it, this isn't some weird matchup thing. This isn't like Denver for some reason forcing forcing the Lakers into these shots. It is everybody forces the Lakers into yes. these shots, and the Lakers haven't had anybody uh, equipped going in to knock down those kinds of shots. And that's why I think Prince like we're gonna look at there. I, I, there's a reason he's a whatever he is five million dollar player, um, mm-hmm. and and not like a fifteen million dollar player. And it's the rebounding and. Some of his defense leaves something to be desired too, right? Just general physicality. But with his with his offensive presence, and especially compared to the guys that he is like competing for minutes with, right? Unless Ruby just is the sh- shooter that we saw in the playoffs, which maybe mm-hmm. that'd be awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> it'd be I great. Think, I I think <clears throat> part of with what happened with Ruby is like I don't know. Give give him people 20 games to like figure each mm-hmm. other out. And I actually have a 
kind of old school LFR video coming out soon on on Rui and his ability to attack closeouts is kind of the main yeah. theme of it. And it's like he's a like Jovan has been reporting that Rui's in the mix to start next year, which is an idea that I love because yeah. I've that's been one of the aha moments for me with him is that oh I think he's a big three. I think that's ultimately like yeah. the position he plays. He moves his feet better than people think. Yes, and he pro- he poses such a mismatch on the other end of the floor that he can like he poses a problem for you that you don't quite pose for him usually at that spot, yeah. right? And I think he's been positioned as the league has been smaller at at the four a lot since he's been drafted, and he's okay at that, but he's not really a great standstill leaper and so yeah and just not a great like leaper in general he's strong and he generates speed right he moves his feet well but he didn't get a whole lot of lift so he's not going to yeah. protect the rim all that well um unless he gets a running start and so him being at that three position if he can knock down that three which is the key right yeah if he can attack a closeout, he's so much bigger than the guys that are closing out to him that he's just manhandling them on the way to the basket. And yeah. when you think about how that helps out LeBron and AD, just from a like have a big athlete next to them that is active, can help on the boards. We saw this with Vando. Big, a bit strong too, right? hands, too. Right. And that can score and can be the guy that like, oh, you put your best defenders on LeBron and AD, obviously. Well, now you got this guy on Rui. Rui, go kick his ass, you know? Yeah. And and, <laughs> yeah. and so, like, I just think it's a really good fit. And so with the – I think Rui's shooting is is real. He's not going to shoot 49% like he did. Yeah, that's not, that's playoffs, more right? what I meant. Yeah, yeah. For sure. But, but I think that that, like, really complimentary package, I think that he was – that was a function of him figuring it out just because they finally got time to play together. Well, and, and I think – and this is where the Lakers – deserve credit for their developmental program is is like he came in i I always thought he was kind of rudderless in washington which everybody was yep washington does not own rudders apparently the washington wizards no rudders to be found in the organization and um it always felt like a whole bunch of talent that was just aimlessly thrown out there Mm -hmm. please work you know how I don't know, figure it out. And, and, and I, and when he got to the Lakers, I thought that like defensively, this was where it was the most apparent where you watch him at the very beginning. And it was just like, his rotations were just like, what? Like he was lost. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, but then like over the course of the year, you started to see those rotations seem to make Mm -hmm. more sense. And if he was making a mistake, it was because like, it was more an error of, commission rather than omission right yep you, and the, you can live with favorite. those yep yeah um and and you know so you see that and then you also start to see like i've always thought he was a really talented player and it, you give a talented player direction and you tell them which shots to focus on which spots to focus on yep. that's where you start to see it make you know start to click and and yeah like you, you I, him starting i've always like I, I i hope there was never a scenario where he wasn't gonna start you're paying him 17 mil um, I, if he's starting there and he knows going in those exact things that unlocked his game in the first place, then I think it, it makes total sense. Now that has an interesting impact on our defense though, right? Cause Vando became one of the big re- revelations about him was like, Oh, Vando is a perimeter defender. He can yeah. really do this well against a lot of different kind of guys. And so it allows you to play this D Austin backcourt where you have Austin yeah. as the chaser. You, you have D you know, kind of as defending uh, on the other stationary. Guy. Yeah. On the other guy, basically. Right. Um, and that kind of structures your starters that way defensively. 
having Rui do that, like he was able to defend certain kind of guys, but I think the Golden State series was an example where actually, no, he's not a three, not in that series, right? Yeah. And so what do you think that does to the Lakers defense? Like who are the Lakers go guard him kind of guys that within a Rui starts kind of uh, situation? Well, I think the go, like, especially because he's playing next to LeBron, Austin makes the most sense as the go get him guy. Um, I'm not saying he's putting clamps on anybody, but I, he competes, you know, and, and um, and he competes in ways that like D'Lo doesn't. And so I think he is kind of, especially if he's playing next to LeBron and LeBron is going to have some of the creative responsibilities there. And you can use some of your energy on that defensive end that you like, you wouldn't be able to on teams that wouldn't have a a creator like LeBron. Mm -hmm. I think he makes the most sense there. Um, But I think for them, like, and this is where actually you can make a case for Gabe to start mm-hmm. over D'Lo. Yep. Is is because of that? Um, not just like not just like I'm not saying Gabe is the go get him guy. I actually like him as more connective defensively. He connects that starting group together. And the other the other point of it too. And I mentioned this to Sedano, and I mentioned earlier that I think eventually D'Lo gets traded. That way, if you do trade D'Lo, you you aren't messing with the starting point guard. And you have that continuity for for the entirety of the season. So, um, talent wise, I think D'Lo makes sense as the starter. He's the more talented player. But if you're talking about fit, and this was what one thing that like remember way way back in the day, we assembled like we we had our our top five Lakers drafts right, and you drafted like Trevor Ariza or something like that, and 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 I was like, why are you drafting? Oh, James yeah. Worthy's right there, you know? Uh-huh. And you were like, yeah, but somebody has to defend, right? Somebody yeah. has to. So you took into account fit and like posi- positionality and all of that stuff. And and I think Gabe is the less talented player, but he makes more sense with the fit there. So I, th- I think that's going to be interesting. Like I- I've always thought Rui made more sense to start. And I actually, like the more that I really take a look at the rotation, I think Vincent probably makes more sense to start. Yeah, interesting uh, training camp ahead, but... Certainly study your waters than the last few years. That's and and really like that's I think that's the theme of this episode, right? Is yeah. the notion that like going into the season, you have a logical roster. Going into the season, you have like a, a, a group that collectively makes sense. And I totally understand why fans would be over the moon about that. And and like mm-hmm. I also am over the moon about that aspect of it, but like we're in a much health, healthier place than we were before. Yeah, absolutely. But like you know, I'm not going to call you know healthy. I'm going to call healthy healthy. I'm going to call logical logical. I'm not going to call it a miracle. <laughs> you know they 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 didn't reinvent the wheel here. I, I mean, compared to previous off seasons, sure, maybe yeah, they did you know walk on water. But in 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 this you know and and especially like compared to you know, given the opportunity that they seem to have in front of them where it's a wide open West still, the Nuggets got worse. Um, and and they are really going to be relying on some young players yeah. next year that, you know, we were talking about like, you know, Max stepping forward. Christian Brown is apparently going to be like a huge part of that in, in an expanded role. We'll see how that looks. Um, Peyton Watson will probably get some run. Yeah. Najee, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, it's a different thing when you go from like cult hero to like expected to hold up the Marvel Universe, right? Just ask yep. the guy who's the new Captain America. But like, um, I, I think, uh, I, I, I like this collection of guys. I like the collection of talent. Um, 
so long as they go out and get a bigger center. So long as you go out and get the goon. Yeah. Get the goon that, 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 that like really pieces it all together. And, and, and I think that, that this roster is, is about as good, you know, logically as, as the Lakers have had since like the first Dennis Schroeder year. I, I agree with that. And with the, the goon part, though, it's like every time I talk to somebody about this, we talk in like theoreticals, like go get this player that I really want to have on, this archetype yeah. that I want to have on my team. And it's like, well, look at the dudes who are free agents, right? Like these are the actual human beings that you have as yeah. options to sign as opposed to this theoretical. And one of the things uh, that I thought was interesting with the offseason was the saving a little bit on the MLE with Vincent yeah. to maybe throw out a buyout guy. Although if you look around the league and with the play-in with freaking 20 teams making some version of the playoffs, how many t- teams are going to be at that point of March 1st and being like, yeah, good player. We're yeah. going to buy you out and not have you as part of our playoff run, you know, and just pay you to go home. Like, I think there's going to be probably especially fewer after last guys. year with Miami, right? Like Kevin Love gets bought out. And he's a huge <laughs> part of, a, t- of yep. a team that gets to the finals. Everybody's going to be like, well, we don't want to make that mistake. Cleveland look like complete idiots for doing that. And it's just like, yeah. We- and that's the one thing that I think um, has defined this offseason is like nobody wants to look like idiots. Everybody is doing the hyper conservative thing holding on to their guys, not making the mistake that gets them fired. Um, and I think that's probably going to define everything kind of moving forward as everybody figures out the, the CBA. Yeah. I want to uh, I w- send you off here. Anything you want to plug? You mentioned the video that you're working on for the Lakers. Again, the LFR pod, the Laker Film Room pod with you and Darius and Mike is always great. Anything else that you, uh, you want to mention? No, nah, man, we just got some uh, some good stuff on the Lakers channels coming up about the guys that we've signed and resigned and yeah just excited about what we'll be putting out over the course of the summer so uh i also want to mention an unsung hero here because like the hosts get all the love but Jeannie does insane work she's uh, throwing <laughs> throwing the episodes together i hate editing two man pods Yo, editing she... three person pods is just unreal she doesn't she doesn't throw nothing together man she has that shit down tight right yeah so like yeah no Jeannie, there's there is no lfr pod without without her so yep all right uh that is going to do it here for this episode again thanks a ton man for hopping on and thanks for hopping on as regularly as you have uh since we got this thing off of the ground um best of luck here wrapping up the off season enjoy what little off season we're about to get and uh and i'll talk to you in uh in a few weeks or so all right man talk soon